0: We are exposed to a lot of messages every day. When you count the commercials, billboards, internet ads, advice from your mother, we receive anywhere from 4,000 to 10,000 messages every day. And how many of those are really important? Well, welcome to the Bible Studies for Life adult podcast hosted each week by Chris Johnson and myself, Lynn Pryor. And what we want to do, we want to talk about the message of God's word. And specifically, what we want to do is we want to talk about our role in delivering the message of God's word. So, Chris, are you ready for this conversation?
1: Yes. Thanks, Lynn. This has been a great study. This how to build your life on God's word. It's been just a reminder of some of the great classic passages that talk about the significance and the importance of God's word. And we have another one of those today. And we are delighted to have Gina Rogers with us. Gina is the uh, content editor for young adult, Bible studies for life, young adult. And she also uh, works directly with um, me as uh, production editor for senior adults. So she's got the whole spectrum of of uh, young and uh, senior adults. So thanks, Gina, for being with us. Thanks
2: for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: And what we're doing in this particular podcast, this Bible study this week, is we've been to study on uh, how to build your life on God's word. And as we've looked at the different ways we do that, as we study it, as we hear it, as we meditate on it, We're now coming up to the last session of this study, but we're going to talk about the importance of communicating God's word. Uh, That is, the knowledge of God's word is something we shouldn't keep to ourselves. But let's do this before we really jump into the weeds with this particular study. Let's talk about things we communicate. And uh, this is our icebreaker question for this study. What's something you often find yourself telling others about?
1: Yes, food, restaurants. You got to go to this place. It's, it's the new hip and happening place or, uh, so that's an easy conversation for, me. and I eat out a lot. So I'm at that stage of life where it's just sometimes easier to do that. So, and I, and I want to hear from other people, um, recommendations that they have, Gina.
2: I think a big thing for me is I enjoy sharing with people good things that are happening in my life that, you know, good news, new, um, You know a new job a new opportunity to to serve at church um a vacation uh, you know just good things events that are happening in my life
0: oh that's good well mine is a combination of your two uh mine has to do with not restaurants but a restaurant and the word new um A lot of my friends have heard me over the last several months as as we came up to summer talking about a new restaurant in my town. Um, It's called Whataburger. Now, if you're not from Texas, this may not mean anything to you, but I'm a Texan and I'm not obnoxiously proud of that. But we're excited because we used to have to drive to Texarkana, hours away. I mean, our first time we crossed over, the, whenever we crossed the state line, that's our first stop is Whataburger. Now there's one less than four miles from my house. And it was always, hey, the Whataburger's coming up. I'd be texting, hey, the, the, the orange is up. We were all excited about that. So there's things like that that we all have things we love to talk about, but what we're going to talk about today is not just restaurants and, and just uh, the events, uh, routines in our life, but God's word, because we've been talking about the importance of building our life on that, but it's equally important that we don't just keep it to ourselves, but that we pass it on. For this study, this week we're going to be in deuteronomy chapter six and we're going to be looking at a very specific section that was well known certainly in the jewish community Uh, but i want to see this it's an old testament passage but i want to see us a lot of perspectives for us as believers as followers of christ let me begin in deuteronomy six with the first three verses where moses said this this is the command the statutes and ordinances The Lord your God has commanded me to teach you so that you may follow them in the land you are about to enter and possess. Do this so that you may fear the Lord your God all the days of your life by keeping all his statutes and commands I am giving you, your son, and your grandson, and so that you may have a long life. Listen, Israel, and be careful to follow them so that you may prosper and multiply greatly, because the Lord, the God of your ancestors, has promised you a land flowing with milk and honey.
1: So, from a context perspective, this is uh, the end of the journey. Um, this is just before uh, the children of Israel are going to cross into the promised land. They, they, uh, from a history perspective, they were slaves in Egypt. Um, God miraculously delivered them from slavery. They crossed uh, the Red Sea uh, on dry land. Uh, the Egyptian army was destroyed. Uh, they have a, a period of time where they're kind of waiting um, and the Lord gives uh, Moses the law. And then uh, they're getting ready to go to the promised land. But the people aren't, when they get the report from the, the um um, spies. Spies. That's right. <laughs> that's who I'm talking about.
0: <laughs> and when the spies came back from the land, uh, ch- checking out what was promised to them, there was um, the 12 of them, only two of them had a great report. I mean, let's do this. Let's go. And the other 10 fussed and whined. And, and uh, it was their report that captured the, the attention of all the Israelites.
1: Yeah, they're are, there are giants over there. We can't take
0: that. Brought us out here to, you know, let us die in the wilderness. Well, that's exactly what happened to them because of their disobedience. So they spent 40 years in the desert. And now, Chris, as you've pointed out, they've come to this end of this and Moses is preparing this group uh, to enter the promised land. Uh, So what the book, in fact, the book of Deuteronomy is uh, the, the word Deuteronomy literally means like the second law, the idea of the second reading of the law. And throughout this book, Moses is just reiterating the teachings and the law for them. And so what he's doing here in this opening, one of these opening chapters is reminding them to obey God's word. And what he's pointing out is as you obey it, there's going to be benefits for you. You know, you're going to have a long life. You're going to be able to prosper where you are, but it's also, there's a sense of as they're obedient, it's going to benefit others as well.
1: So Chris James said uh, in, in the opening part of this study, a constant source of Israel's disobedience and distrust was a fundamental struggle to believe God's way was best or that God would do what he promised. So there I don't think they're very much different than people today. Okay. It's like, it's like, Oh, I'm not sure about that. I don't, I'm not sure that God can deliver on that.
0: So Chris, why are we that way? Or Gina, you two just, why do we sometimes just, we've, we fail to take God at his word.
2: Is that not what I do all the time? I, sometimes I struggle to believe that God's way is best and that he's actually going to come through with what he promised. And to, to answer why Lynn, I, you know, I don't know because I can clearly trace his hand back to he's always provided. He's always had my best in mind. I have no reason to ever doubt that or to doubt that there's to think that he's actually going to stop doing that all of a sudden. So, um, I, but yet I still do at times, just like the Israelites did.
0: I think as, as Moses was preparing these people to enter the land. And as they've heard the stories repeatedly, I'm sure passed down, you know, from father to grandfather of all God had done, has has did for them in, in Egypt, how he brought them through the miracles, the red sea, everything he did to provide for them. And with that, that sense of look, God took care of you in the past. He's taking care of you right now. So just trust him with the future. I think that's a message we often forget is that, um, just to look back, look backwards. Now, God did in the past. He's going to do it in the future.
1: So I I think that it's a, this is a a good place to ask some questions for people to talk, uh, have conversations uh, about experiences they've experiences that they've had when either God's been faithful, kind of like what Gina, what you just said, or stories of a season or a time when I was obedient to God and this was the result. Our, our church was obedient to God and this is what he did. Um, I, so I, th- there are several questions that we have here that will help. I hope uh, our groups to have conversations um, about the significance of obedience and to, to look back and go, yeah, you know, when we, when we do what God says, when we really trust him, he's faithful and that's what we're going for in this, in this study.
0: When we move to verses four and five, we've seen previously in these first three verses that our obedience to God's word benefits us. But now we're going to move into seeing how uh, our love for God, uh, the importance of that. And really, our love for God grows out of our trust and obedience to him. He says there in verse four, listen, Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, and with all your soul and with all your strength. This is referred to as the Shema, uh, which is verses four and five. Now, uh, Chris, you and I have had this discussion before. Some people want to extend it, uh, this Shema, to verses nine. But this was a critical recitation thing the Jewish people would recite. It was so critical, important to him. And the word Shema comes from the first two words in the Hebrew language of verse four, listen, Israel. And it's this reference to to the Lord, our God is one, the unity of God and the call for us to love God with every part of our being. This is something they learned young. And this is something throughout their lives. They repeat, they repeated, repeated and repeated.
1: So essentially Jews, uh, uh, at Jesus time and through history uh, would repeat the Shema at least once or multiple times a day as a part of their ritual and a part of their faith to remind themselves here, here, listen, remember uh, God is, our, our God is the one and only God and we will love him with everything in us.
2: Um, One of the things that struck me as I was reading through this content with the writer shared was Concerning trusting and obeying, was or he says God holds firmly to us, so we hold firmly to Him. God's love relentlessly pursues us, so we lovingly chase after Him. His love for us propels our love for Him, and our love for Him compels our trust and obedience. Which then leads me to ask myself the question: What are some ways that I demonstrate my love for God?
1: Yeah, I remember I, w- I was a young adult, just starting to preach some, and um, uh, it, I came across the passage in John where Jesus said, "You know, if if you if you love me, obey my commands." So one of the ways we express love to God is to be obedient to Him, and I don't know why that came as such a shock to me. I I think maybe just the emphasis when we're young is you, you obey God, like you obey your parents and it's a sense of duty. This is what we're supposed to do, but it, it changes everything when we come to understand that when I'm obedient to the, to the Bible and to the teachings of Jesus, I'm saying to him with my life, listen, God, I love you. And I want to do what you want me to do. And and that, that, that changes what it means to be a, a disciple or a follower of Jesus, I think.
0: And we can be obedient simply out of a, uh, a sense of duty. We can do that, a sense of uh, obligation. That's what I have expected. But it sure is a lot easier to obey when it's uh, motivated by my love for him. When I see how much, Gene, as you pointed out, his love for me, I want to love him in return. And sure, I'll obey. I think about the prodigal the story, the prodigal son and the, the older brother that uh, stayed home. And here he was. He did everything the father wanted him to do. He was working for the family. Yet there was a sense of he did it out of duty and did out of uh, a sense of I have to do this. And there was no you just in those words in that parable, you see no sense of love or why he's compelled to do it out of love for the father.
1: And the love of the father is so evident. For both sons, um, in that story, so uh, I, I think that's a good reminder to us of God's love for us. Um, in this in this portion of the session, uh, Chris James talks uses big big church words, big theological terms. He used the term orthodoxy and orthopraxy, and I laughed when we were doing our 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 pre-show setup uh because i get complaints occasionally if a writer uses a word that's not in everyone's everyday normal vocabulary and i can assure you that i have never used orthopraxy in a conversation with my wife or kids <laughs> so but he does a good job of helping us understand that orthodoxy is the is right the right belief Orthoprax- orthopraxy is right living. So it's doing, it's, it's essentially what we talked about last week. It's doing the word. It's carrying out uh, uh, and, and being obedient and responsive to God's Word in our lives. Uh, but those are good reminders to us that uh, the, uh, about the truth of God's Word, and especially in this passage, who God is and the significance of uh, His great love for us and our, our response, of obedience and love back to him uh, in our in our daily lives.
0: Well, as you see, their orthodoxy, right thinking. Uh, and as, as the writer points out here, that orthodoxy, that right thinking, leads to right practice, right living, which is the orthopraxy. And again, it comes back to as I see who God is, how much he loves me. I'm compelled to love him in return and therefore be obedient to him. Uh, that's such a strong message here. Um, in fact, you know, we know in, in Matthew 22, Jesus referred to the, the two greatest commandments was he mentioned this one. Uh, love the Lord your God with all your heart and your soul and your mind. And then the second commandment is like it to to love others as you love ourselves. So when you get to verse six, uh, to me, you're getting a little bit of this love for others in there because our love for others see. Compels us to share God's word every chance we get. Let me read verse six. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorpost of your house and on your city gates
1: love this passage um that reminder that so this is your job Israel teach teach these things to your children and when they ask why do you why do you talk about that all the time or why do you celebrate the Passover uh, it, it's it's an opportunity to in everyday conversation say because this is what the Lord has done for us so uh, in in this passage Moses is saying hey Love God with all your heart and talk about it. Teach it to your children. And and when you get up in the morning first thing um, and all through the day, when you're walking along the road, when you lie down at night, talk about these things, Uh, make it a part of the conversation, make teaching um, the God's word just a normal everyday part of everyday life. Um, So I was blessed to have parents that just, did those kind of things naturally. They didn't they didn't say it. They didn't say I'm doing this because of Deuteronomy uh, chapter six, but they, they just lived what they believed. And there were always, it seemed natural connections to, to God's word in, in the everyday occurrences of life. Um, so much so that when, when kids came into our lives, when Kathy and I were having children, uh, this really was our, our mantra, our discipleship model uh, was we just live it and talk about it all the time. And and it's just everyday, ordinary. Our kids wouldn't expect it to be any different from that. And um, uh, so the idea of write it on your heart and put it on your walls. You know, if you walk into our house, there's scriptures uh, in picture frames, you know, that are significant passages uh, for for us. It's as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and um, God has plans for your life. You can trust him, uh, Jeremiah 29, and um, so uh, we, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we, we take literally <laughs> what Moses told uh, Israel to do to teach these things to your children in and post it on your wall. And, and I mean, outside of our house, before you come in the door, there's, as for me in my house, we will serve the Lord in a couple of places. So uh, we we just tried to find ways to, uh, to do Deuteronomy um, 6, 6 through 9.
0: Oh, Chris, that is so great. You have scripture outside your house. And I'm thinking right now out in our flower beds on either side of our front door are two big concrete states of the state of Texas. <laughs> two of them.
1: I'm uh, so happy for you. <laughs> I'm
0: going to go out there this afternoon. I'm going to paint a Bible verse on each one of those. Um
2: well, for the record, I have the same scripture Chris does outside my house. So,
0: Lynn,
2: <laughs> I don't know what that means. But, maybe um, it's a
0: Kentucky thing, Gina. Who knows? <laughs> well, I just need to go and, shopping uh, at Hobby Lobby, I guess, because you can certainly get those. Live, laugh, and love. That's not in the uh, Bible, is it? No, no, okay. no. no right. but, okay, right.
1: yeah, That would probably qualify.
0: But I love the principle here that it's presented. Is you know, as he talks about when you're at home, when you're on the road, and others when you're when you're when you're either you're here or you're there. Doesn't matter where you are, look for those, those teachable moments. That's when you impress it on your kids. He says, when you lie down and when you get up, that's the early morning. That's when the sun set. So from morning to night, you look for those teachable moments. Uh, I, I have found when my sons were younger, I, I, we would read the Bible every night. We'd read Bible stories and uh, we walked through different children's devotionals. We certainly did that, but I found the more teachable moments was just when we're out driving and something comes up in the conversation or we see something, we experience something and it, it leads to just a spiritual conversation. Even when it's a a one minute, two minute spiritual conversation, it wasn't planned. But those are the ones, those are the ones certainly I remember. And, and that's the call here. What he's telling us is you love your kids. That should compel you to share God's word with them as at every opportunity that comes up, but we're not limited to our children. I think we see the principle here is anybody that we're around when we're out on the road and and you're you're with friends, you're with neighbors, uh, other people, there's teachable moments with them as well. And we should use those opportunities to share God's word.
2: I uh, had a thought as I was studying this about sharing God's word and that, Um, all of those opportunities aren't necessarily verbal. I mean, people are watching as we live that out in our daily lives in different ways. And um, another piece of that, Lynn, that you touched on is that I, I had the thought that if you're leading a group, this might be a good time to take the opportunity to get group members thinking about what does that look like for you? What are these opportunities for you? Because, you know, I, as Chris shared earlier, I work on young adult curriculum and senior adult curriculum. And so those two groups are vastly different, but I started thinking about it and probably from just my own life experience. So, so what might that look like? Okay. What if, if I don't, have children or grandchildren? If I live alone, if I have roommates or what if my children are grown and gone or my spouse is gone or, you know, what, what are those other intersections in life where I have the opportunity to share God's word through my actions or through my words with other people? So might be a good discussion opportunity.
0: That's valid, Gina. I think worth talking about because usually when we think of sharing God's word, we think of teaching. And so many people oh, I'm not a teacher. I can't do that. Uh, yet Chris James in his content here, he shares some ways that we could communicate, share God's truth. And one way he says is, let me just read this. Ask some friends to read the Bible with you. Select three or four people uh, and, and include an unbeliever. And y'all just get together and read the Bible. That's not asking you to be prepared to teach an in-depth Bible study, but just to talk about the Bible.
1: And, and this passage would be a great one to use for, for something like that. Uh, hey. Let's 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 read this together and talk about what what does this mean and how do I how do I do this in my life? I think I think a group of of people could meet and have those kind of conversations uh, around this passage. So for some reason, I, the film, the play, Fiddler on the Roof came to my mind as I was looking at this. You're not going to
2: see no, no, okay. No, right.
1: no. But in the opening scene. Of 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 the movie, uh, the father is actually doing these things in the everyday aspects of his life. Everywhere he's at, he's talking about things about the Bible and talking about God, and and it is a great representation of of how a Jewish person at that time would have been would have done. Uh, The very thing that Deuteronomy asks us to do.
0: Those of you all listening to this podcast, we record this podcast using Zoom. So uh, although you're only hearing us, uh, I have the fortunate benefit of seeing Gina and the unfortunate side of that of seeing Chris. But, Gina, I don't know if you can see what Chris's hat says during this podcast, but it says come and see. Now, Chris, uh, we've talked about your hat before, and I love the hat from The Chosen. Talk about that—that that phrase, "come and see," and especially in light of this idea of sharing God's word. Well, um, so
1: one of the things I like to talk about is the chosen, and <laughs> I could have used that as my example at the beginning uh, in our in our conversation. But um, this is a theme of, of the first season of of the chosen, where uh, where people who were coming to know Jesus and inviting others to join them come come and see. And Jesus said that, "Come, come and see." What's what's going on? See what I'm about. And, and it's it, this is an opportunity to invite people to come, come and see what it means to be a follower of Jesus. Come and see what it means to be a part of the church. And um, it, it, it's it's just another way of
0: carrying out Deuteronomy six. I think that's that's great, because, again, well, what if I don't I really don't know how to teach the Bible. Well, just get some folks together and read it. God works through His Word. His Word is living and active, sharper than any double edged sword. The Word can penetrate uh, simply by us getting together and reading and just invite some friends to say, Hey, um, I want to get together. I want to just kind of read through the Gospel of Mark. Why don't you, you want to do that with me? Why don't you come and see? Uh, and just let God's Word <laughs> work in their lives.
1: Well, listen, we want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. Gina, thank you for being with us and for being a part of this conversation. Uh, it's been fun for us. Gina, we're going to give you the last word in just a moment, and then Lynn will take us out. But it's been great uh, for us to to talk about things that are a part of our lives all the time, because we work on Bible studies for life. We want uh, people to always to build their lives around God's word. And this has just given us a great opportunity, a great platform to talk about that uh, for six consecutive weeks. And this is the final week of, of that study, Gina.
2: Well, thanks for having me. This has been a lot of fun. I will just leave you with one thought that came to me through this study is that as we live out and share God's word with others. It's not just a benefit for them. We grow as we talk about it as well.
0: We're wrapping up this study on how to build our life on God's word. And next week, it's going to be a study appropriate for the season we're entering, which is Thanksgiving. It's three reasons for giving thanks. Uh, Great little study. We're going to podcast about it as well. But here's what I want you to be thinking about as you look toward that study. That is Thanksgiving weekend. It's going to be the Sunday after thanksgiving of course we're still in a thanksgiving thankful mindset hopefully but a lot of your uh, a lot of you may be out of town you may not be there for your bible study group let me encourage you to still read your personal study guide or your daily discipleship guide uh, because this is a great study about the reasons we give thanks to god uh if you lead a group uh Take the time during Thanksgiving week to either text or call your, your group members, uh, whether they're in town or not, and say, hey, read this study. I want you to read this study, uh, even if you can't be in the Bible study group, because it will be a great experience for them. But for this week, we hope you have a great Bible study. and We look forward to being with you next time.